Hello everybody. Hey, this is John Finn, Church Without Walls International, cwowi.org. There you can sign up for my weekly thoughts, find out what's happening in our network of home-based churches. I do these videos every week. They're part of the discipleship process, which is the, the, the lifelong process of applying the teachings of Jesus and our walk with the Father God and with the Lord into our lives. So to, I've been talking about, last week I shared uh, some exciting, what I think is exciting just to get to know the Lord sort of way, uh, about the word of the Lord. I shared about how in 1 Samuel chapter 3, how the young boy Samuel was called by the Lord, uh, and and Eli, he thought it was Eli the high priest. And, and finally the third time, it says in verse 10, 1 Samuel 3, 10, the Lord came and stood as he had at the other times and called to the boy Samuel. And in verse 15, it says Samuel was afraid to tell Eli of the vision. So there we have the Lord coming to stand, and, and he saw him. He, he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. And it says in verse 21 that the Lord began to appear to Samuel by the word of the Lord. And I explained last week how Samuel was the first prophet of the nation of Israel, the nation which would soon uh, form a king, or, or elect, not elect, uh, have a king brought to them. And, and so from that time on, the king of Israel and always had a prophet. Uh, even if you go down to Ahab and, and Elijah, it wasn't always a happy uh, relationship, but there was always a, a king and a prophet together through the history of Israel and also of Judah. And so Samuel set a precedent, and I shared how the word of the Lord would come. And as it says in 1 Samuel 3.20, and the word of the Lord would come and stand before them. And I shared how Jer in Jeremiah, Jeremiah saw the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord put his hand to his lips. And and uh, how John 1.14 uh, it says that word of the Lord became flesh and dwelt among us. Talking about the pre-existence of Christ before he became Jesus, the baby born in Bethlehem. He made several Old Testament appearances. So today I'm talking about the I am, the I am statements. We first see I am in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. And there Moses is drawn aside by a burning bush. And it says the Lord appeared to him out of the bush. The Lord appeared to him. And when Moses said, uh, how, who should I say is sending me back to Israel? The Lord said, I am has spoken to you. Therefore say to them, I am the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. And so I am became the statement that we see most often in English, in our English Bibles, the King James and otherwise. Um, one rabbi translates it this way, I will be what I will be. I, I am and I will be what I will be. It's a statement of sovereignty. It's a statement of timelessness that God makes. It's an amazing statement. It's, uh, it's something that, is, that transcends. It's, it's, it's amazing because, you know, here's Moses in what, 1400 BC or something, and yet he has God appear to him and claim to be timeless, always present, Never past, never future, always in the present. And that is, a, that is a, a concept beyond natural man. So it was a real supernatural event. So the I am has always been uh, a, a bedrock of, of Jewish uh, thought. So in John chapter 8, when we I'll go fast forward to Jesus' life, in John chapter 8, verses 57 through 59, Abraham, uh, Jesus made this statement. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. And the Jews that stood by said, you're not even 50 years old and you claim to have seen Abraham. And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. 
And immediately they took up stones to, to stone him, to execute him on the spot. But he went through the midst of them and, and so passed by. Now, the reason for that is here's this man who's in his early 30s, you know, Jesus, in his early 30s, and he claims to have known Abraham and claims to have been the I am. Before Abraham was, I am. So that clicked in their minds that, that this man standing before them was claiming to be the one who talked to Moses out of the burning bush. And that's an amazing statement in and of itself. But uh, it is also seen, and, 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 and Christians often highlight the I am statements. I am the light of the world. You know, uh, I, I am the living water, that, that sort of a, a statement. But the I am statement stands alone. When the Lord said in John 8, 58, I am, before Abraham was, I am, he was immediately claiming to have been the one who talked to Moses out of the burning bush. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute because the apostles are standing around. The apostle John, who wrote that book, who'd already said the word of the Lord became flesh and dwelt among us. John has his eyes opened a little bit more to who is standing before them, who he's walking with and talking with and having supper with and everything else. He's, he's the Lord God that talked to Samuel and, and Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the prophets as the, the, the word of the Lord that would appear to them. But he's also the I am who talked to Moses out of the burning bush. There's another I am statement that Jesus made that is my favorite that is actually one that's not picked up oftentimes in the, in the English Bibles. Young's literal translation will pick it up. The Amplified in the notes of the Amplified version will pick it up. And a few others here and there. But this has to do with when Jesus was walking in the, on the water in Matthew chapter 14. <clears throat> and in Matthew chapter 14, verses 26 through 28, it correctly says that all the men were afraid. They'd been rowing all night against the wind and the waves and everything else. And they see Jesus walking on the water towards them. And they are afraid and they're crying out. And maybe it's a ghost. Maybe it's some apparition. But Jesus walks up to them. And in the, in the English doesn't always catch it, but in the Greek it does. And, uh, and Jesus walks up to them and he says, he says, take courage. I am. Now stop being afraid. Now, what's more amazing is Peter's response, which is usually translated in English as, Lord, if it's really you. And that doesn't convey the Greek because what the Greek is, uh, is more of a statement, uh, that whole passage. And, and so when the Lord comes walking to him, he says, take courage, I am, now stop being afraid. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, or if you are, if you are, if you are, then command me to come to you on the water. That statement by Peter is not uh, written in the Greek as, a, as so much a, of a request as a statement. It's Peter challenging the claim of Jesus to, that he is the I am. He is saying, Lord, if you are. He's not, he's not strictly speaking saying, Lord, if it's really you, but rather, Lord, if you are the I am, then, come, then command me to, to come to you on the water. And immediately Jesus says, come. And so Peter there in Matthew chapter 14 has a revelation. He gets out, he walks on the water. You know, when, G when he says, Jesus, if you are, uh, then command me to come. And Jesus says, come. Peter had this revelation. It's no wonder here in Matthew, the end of Matthew chapter 14, that, you know, a chapter and a half later in Matthew 16, when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He understood the I am was, was standing before them. Amazing, amazing. And, and the last example of the I am, of Jesus claiming to be the one who talked to Moses out of the burning bush, comes in John chapter 18, verses 5 and 6, when he's arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
Now, when they come into the garden, the soldiers and, and everything else, they are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. They don't know what he's looking, what he looks like. But he comes to them, he appears to be the leader, and, and he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And in John 18, and again, it's verses 5 and 6, and, and the Amplified and the Young's Literal and some of the others will pick it up, and some of the others do not, because the English, they, they think he's implying something. But he literally said, when they said, Jesus of Nazareth, it says, then he said unto them, I am. And as soon as he said, I am to them, they moved backwards and fell to the ground. That's an amazing statement, what we would call slain in the spirit, where Jesus is, is establishing and letting them know he is being arrested of his own free will. He is going voluntarily to his fate on the cross. And so we have these statements here in John 8, 58 and John and Matthew chapter 14 in verses 26 through 28, and in John chapter 18, verses 5 through 7, where Jesus makes the I am statement. First, before Abraham was, I am. And also in there, Matthew chapter 14, as he comes walking on the water, take courage, I am. Now stop being afraid. And then at his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he said unto them, he, when they said Jesus of Nazareth, he said unto them, I am. And when he said, I am to them, they moved backwards and they fell to the ground. Can you imagine that scene? They get up, they dust themselves off. They don't know what's happened. And, and Jesus allows himself to be taken. You see, when we talk about believing in Jesus, it's not a philosophy. It's not a, it's not a, a concept. We, we're, we believe and we know. And in the act of believing, we can get to know and, and, and know personally the Lord Jesus. And we see that he has been with mankind down through history as the word of the Lord who appeared to, to, to uh, Samuel and then all through the Old Testament prophets, when the word of the Lord came to them, it's talking about a vision about the person of the word of the Lord who would later become flesh as Jesus of Nazareth, born in, in, uh, in Bethlehem and raised by Joseph and Mary. Amazing. And here we see he is the I am, the one who talked to Moses out of the burning bush. Next week, I'm going to conclude this little three-part uh, series to show you yet another uh, evidence, another proof of why in the Old Testament, why is the Old Testament there? In part, it's to show us the consistency of how Christ was all the way through from Genesis through Malachi, and he was active in mankind's life. He wasn't just there. When you accepted Jesus into your life, when you chose to believe on him, and then you got to know him, it wasn't just a matter of a philosophy or something else. You're getting to know the one who's been involved with mankind down through man's history. So I hope you've enjoyed these past two, uh, two sessions. Pick it up next week where I'll talk about uh, the Lord God and that phrase, the Lord God. All right, talk to you next week. Bye-bye.